I am Suzanne Legrand, and this is The Shaman's Notebook. Today on The Shaman's Notebook, the topic is How to Thrive in Uncertain Times, with special guest Ariane Lloyd, who channels messages from a group of divine beings known as the Guides. What follows is a recording of the weekly Friday Healing Salon, held every Friday from 11 to noon Pacific time. Enjoy. The topic is how to thrive in uncertain times, which is certainly the times that we are living in currently. I was thinking about Simone Biles a couple weeks ago and how she withdrew from the, the, the Olympic competition. And she was on the team, but she didn't compete. And I read an article that said that she had a case of what they called the twisties. And as it was described, she said that this is something apparently that happens to many gymnasts who do the kind of, you know, acrobatic twists in the air that, that, that Simone Biles does. And the twisties is when apparently you lose your sense of where the ground is. So you're in midair and you're doing all of these amazing, very complicated maneuvers. But to be able to do them, you need to constantly have a sense of where the ground is, where you're in relationship to being in the air. And not having that sense is, which comes about a lot of times through anxiety, um, is, is apparently very terrifying, as, as you can imagine. And uh, reading that, I thought, oh, my goodness, we are all having a case of the twisties right now. Um, you know, because I think that we are all in this situation where, you know, we've been in the global pandemic now for, what, 17 going on 18 months. And it feels to me like the world has been, you know, things have been dismantled. And we're not yet clear where the ground is. And so in some ways, at least I know that I am sometimes disoriented day to day in the sense of like, I know things are not going back to normal and I don't know what the new normal is. And so it's being in that place of neither here nor there. And so I was thinking, well, what is it in this state where the new ground has not yet been established? How do we find some sort of balance or orientation? And the one thing that occurred to me is, you know, when I was learning dancing ages and ages ago, and we had to do those, those spins, um, the way that we did it without getting uh, dizzy was to, to find a spot on the wall, right, to concentrate on. Yeah. And so we go around, but we'd be focused on that spot. So I'm just going to throw this out as a question. I don't have an answer for this, but what would be a spot, either metaphorically, that we could focus on as we're twirling and perhaps, you know, doing this, th these acrobatics? What, what would that spot be? Um, I don't know if anybody has any any thoughts about that, but I'm just throwing that out as a as a question. 
Yeah. The first thing that came to my mind was uh, really helps me is just to focus on this second, this moment, um, what's at hand, um, what I can look at in this moment that I'm grateful for or that's working, or even if it's painful to just be present in the moment. Mm. And um, that helps me a lot, um, not get too overwhelmed. Yeah. And the other thing that helps me is my spot is doing art. Um, I paint angels, and so to, to, to get in that vibe just kind of brings me, you know, a lot of peace, a lot mm. of joy. Mm. That is so that is so helpful. You know, I, I was thinking about the phrase which I never I've never liked, but it's uh, eat the elephant. You know, they say that I, I know oh, it's like one bite at a time. You know, right? <laughs> and I never want to even think about eating an elephant. So I don't <laughs> like that that phrase. But I have thought lately <clears throat> that, you know, my tendency is to kind of see the big picture. And at this point, that that tendency, which I think is good in many ways, is uh, is really hard when you can't see what the big picture is. So I think what you're saying about focusing on the present and something small, and also one of the things about art, which is so wonderful, is that it's it's material, right? It's it's connected to being in you know paper, this world. Um, and the last year, you know, when I was on Zoom a lot, I started doodling. And it was a very helpful practice for me to just stay in contact with the, the physical as opposed to being in the ethers. Yeah. I have one of Suzanne's paintings on my wall. Aww. She does some really <laughs> wonderful things. <laughs> Thank you, Ariane. Any other thoughts about, you know, well, what I'm, might be I'm, fun? I'm quite the opposite from Leish, uh, from you. I do not see the big picture. I do not even understand how people are able to see the big picture. I see what's right in front of me, sometimes much to my detriment. But but I can be, I can I can have something sitting right here and not see it at all because I'm focused here and I don't. Um, I've had to train myself actually to look around and see the bigger picture and see what is what's around me or or what's over here and it's been a very conscious practice to learn how to do that oh pay attention to what's going on around mm -hmm. um so I'm not and so the issue that you know how to stay balanced and focused in these uncertain times um only very tangentially affects me at all. I, uh, I mean, being a hermit at heart anyway, being stuck at home is not a problem. Um, <laughs> so I haven't, I haven't actually dealt with a lot of things, but I see out there in society that people are going stark raving mad because they are not occupied in ways that make them feel like there is a purpose to their lives. Mm -hmm. yeah. And for most people, that is an external kind of occupation that gives them that, their job, you know, their, their volunteer work, their, whatever it is that's outside of themselves. I live very inside myself, so I, I haven't been um, 
very much affected by that, I guess, a little bit. But, but, uh, but, and I understand what you're saying. Yeah. So it'll be yeah. interesting to see what the guides have to say about that. Hello, Kathy Padgett. Lovely to see you. <laughs> she's getting, she's getting ready. Hi. Hi. <laughs> hello. Can I hello. say something? Sure. Um, please. Um, I almost feel like it's better. I mean, it sounds a little selfish, but just to not see the big wide picture um, as it stands um, in third dimension mm-hmm. and try and just zoom in so to get your ground because the more that you do focus in on that the more confusing it can be and it changes so all the time <laughs> right I make I make a choice not to watch the news and all of because it's just going to keep bombarding you with all these increments of fear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so I and it sort of sounds selfish, and maybe I don't know much, and I don't actually. I'll own up to that. I haven't opted to watch the news now for twenty six years. Oh wow! Good for you. Uh, <laughs> wow. So like I'm. You know, and I'll get snippets enough so I'm functional. <laughs> but, it, but it's, um, but lately, just to try and just focus in on the breathing, mm-hmm. your, your own breath, just even just doing three very conscious breaths can just pull everything mm. together. And then, of course, it's easier, like, yeah, I've just had five weeks off, so I've been like Ariane very 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 self-contained and I'm about to interact with people again so that's not as easy when the dialogues go in certain areas but I think if you just keep zooming in like this um I don't know I, I don't know what I'm talking about almost anymore but um going in nature to just going to the ocean or you know if it's available or just sit sit in the tree mm-hmm. kathy we were talking about you know simone biles and this idea of the twisties of not knowing where the ground is anymore and how disorienting that can be and then thinking about spotting this idea of turning where you focus on a point and so we were discussing, you know, what could that point be for all of us or for, you know, just sharing ideas about, you know, given that things are in such uncertain, uh, such an uncertain state, what can we do to um, to kind of center ourselves in the midst of things being uncertain? Um, does anybody else want to say anything about what they have um, tried or anything that has been grounding or helping them to stay kind of connected in the in in the midst of um, confusion. I'm I'm uh, setting up my uh, microphone. Hold on a minute because I need to put in my earbuds. Okay. But I, I do want to say something. Just give me a second here. <laughs> sure. If anybody wants to go ahead and say something while I fool with this. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, 
So, and what we're going to do is Ariane is going to do her fabulous channeling. And if anybody has questions for her and the guides, uh, and the guides will do that after, I guess, I'm guessing the, the guides will have something that they want to talk about, right? Always have something to say right off right. the bat. Whether, whether it pertains to the topic at hand remains to be seen, but, right. uh, but right. they always have something to say. And um, fortunately, Suzanne, you're here to uh, call on people for questions. Yeah. Um, uh, there's a tapping going on. Is that you, Kathy, trying to hook yeah. up? It, well, I am. I, okay. I was trying to. It, it came out really super loud, and I had to get the volume down. So, wow. I, so I didn't permanently lose my hearing. <laughs> good. Okay. I, 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 did, is this a good time for me? Yeah, to sure. Absolutely. It's not, a, it's not a long thing. Well, I was uh, very touched by someone that I taught with over in Gresham in Oregon, and she said... Uh, something about how she just keeps wanting life to be back to normal. And I started thinking about what that might mean and what was normal. So my, com I don't know, I don't know what normal is anymore, but my comment was to her that I'm not thinking about normal anymore because that's not what I want. That's smart. I, 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 I make, I don't want to, I, I want to have, a, I want to have a new normal perhaps for, to be the stability of life, some kind of temporary stability, but I don't think about things like that now. And I think that that's one of the mixed review gifts that we've received <laughs> in the pandemic that we uh, are looking at things in a different way. And, uh, and Anyway, sorry, I, I didn't have anything big about it, but I'm no, I think I, I think you're right. There's, you know, this idea of going back to normal that people talk about and also the assumption that we can, you know, just pick up where we left off. And it's like, oh, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, right, right. So I'm very curious to see exactly what's going to be. Um, once this, once we are back to a regular work day and going out and about in the world and traveling and visiting people and having dinner parties, which is the thing I miss doing, um, things, people are going to, I think, approach each other differently mm -hmm. than yeah. they have in the past. But I also think it's a, it, it depends very much on one's level of consciousness. You know, I, I'm not sure how many people actually have a conversation like this. Mm -hmm. I think it's very helpful to have a conversation like this, but I think it's beyond the ken of a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And um, and I think they suffer because of it, because mm -hmm. they cannot articulate what's going on with them and uh, and and have an inter a dialogue with people to help to clarify their own thinking or their understanding and that that's the sad part of all of this is the mm -hmm. people who are unable to have this kind of a conversation and then also i think the part about how helpful it is sometimes to have the perspective of other people to be able exactly. to know what we're thinking that's the you know that that is the hard part i think about isolation is you know maybe not having very many other reference points other than and that's also the good thing too yes yes uh, uh, please okay uh, Allison, I guess, jump in. i will speak to that um i want to stop the waving hand there we go other people's, 
perspective because I, I do think that, that that's one extremely um, positive element of the past 18 months, that we are so much more aware of others who were, were never able to get out into the world. And so in the disability field, um, inclusivity has just jumped a thousandfold and people are able to attend events and participate in the world in ways that they, they never were before. So there has oh, so been, interesting. And in, and even in the arts, you know, when all the companies closed down, but made their content accessible, you know, you could see performances anywhere in the world if they created a, a live stream of their event. I mean, I just feel like so much opened up and um, that that's one thing to, to focus on that we actually got to see more of the world in certain ways. Um, so and that has to do with other people's perspective as well. Uh, look, thinking about people who have always been at home, stuck, yeah. ignored, and now they weren't. They could be in the world. It leveled the playing field in a positive way, as creepy as that sounds, in certain no, ways. It's, yeah. it's amazing. I would never have thought of that. And also, you know, it's interesting how now we can be in meetings with people from around the world. <laughs> You know, as well, and and I think you're absolutely right, um, Allison. You know, the the level of inclusivity, you know, it gives us a whole other perspective that I think before the pandemic we did not have. We were much more isolated in a way in our in our perspectives because we didn't have that. Yeah, that's a great point. Thank you so much. Yeah. So, Marianne, you want to let's hear from the guide, shall we? Let's. Okay. Let's see what they have to say. All right. So, if I, I don't know if everybody knows, uh, a couple people know Ariane, but she has been a channel since 1987, 89, 87, I think, or 88. Yeah. And uh, she did. We'll just just do your thing. You'll. We'll, <laughs> it's wonderful. So basically what's going to happen that you're going to see is it takes me a few seconds um, to go into trance and the guides will come through and they come through pretty intense energy and sometimes big voice and it can be a little startling. So just take a breath and then they'll settle down and they will have something to say. I never know what that's going to be, but they will have something to say. And it could be two minutes. It could be five minutes. Um, it's all up in the air. And at some point, they may very well say, what are your questions? And um, and feel free to ask a question about everything. I mean, uh, if they're talking about me, they refer to me as this woman. So that's sometimes they do that. They'll refer to me for some reason. Um, and uh, they'll ask you a lot of questions, like, do you understand what we're talking about? That kind of thing. And so, uh, and nodding your head or being audible is helpful. They very much are stimulated by your questions. It's a group energy. And from what little they have explained of themselves is that there are members of the group that come and go and they're they're here to learn as much as we are. They are here for a, a an experience that allows them to evolve and grow. And it's all about bringing more back to source so that source can continue to evolve 
and grow. So they're very stimulated by your questions. As much as having something to say initially, your questions will elicit uh, answers that they might not have thought to present. And it's very helpful for you to ask questions. So think about a question you'd be interested in knowing about. It can be a personal thing. It can be, you know, uh, what do I buy at the grocery store next week kind of thing, or it can be more cosmic and universal, whatever. And sometimes they don't answer those questions. And sometimes they do. Most of the time they do. But there are times when they don't. And there's always a reason for that. And we don't always know the reason for it. But um, generally speaking, in private readings, there's they always answer whatever the question is. Um, and they're all about helping us move beyond our our limitations and our obstacles. So Let's see where that takes us today. Oh, please. <laughs> okay. Here, here. All right. There might be a little beep because I think my battery is about to die and I haven't got a spare here. So we, thank God Suzanne is recording this as well. Have a great time. See you later. Greetings, beloved entities. It is a joy to have this opportunity to chat with everybody in this regard, in this format, in this way. And it is that you are considering very important and significant questions that occur to you that give you an opportunity to dialogue in this way, but also give you an opportunity to become more acquainted with your own thinking. And it is a great thing when entities can become more acquainted with their own thinking. And it does doesn't happen simply by thinking a thought and then getting on with it. It happens by considering a thought. So when you are sitting on your break or your morning, morning tea or by yourself out of doors and you start to think, allow yourselves to actually entertain the thought that you are thinking, perhaps even jotting some notes about it. Those of you who are inclined to the writing of journals or or thoughts or memoirs or that sort of thing because it allows you to expand your own awareness of yourself in these times, especially when most of you are spending a great deal of time by yourselves in isolation. And you need to also, in these uncertain times, as you have given as the topic for today, in these uncertain times, First of all, it is to consider what exactly are you certain about? What do you have certainty about? You have certainty about the meal that you are going to prepare. You have certainty about the appointments that you have made that you are meant to keep. You have certainty about your schedule. In other words, you have certainty about your preferences sometimes. And that is one of the most important things to become acquainted with and familiar with in these times of uncertainty is your preferences. And this is a great, great opportunity to consider those things and examine them and to make certain that you are acting on your preferences as much as you possibly can. And for those of you here, that is actually about 90% of the time that you are able to act on your preferences. For many people, it does require further consideration because there is so much more involved in the decisions that they make moment to moment, day to day about their lives and what they are going to focus upon. But it is also 
available more than people realize to actually allow your preferences to guide your behavior than people think. So many people think that they are mm, subject to, shall we say, whims of other people, um, requirements and needs of other people, and they forget to listen to their own. And the point is, the thing that we want to convey is that when you are fulfilling yourself, you are far more available for other people. When you are wholly focused on fulfilling other people's needs and desires, you start to clamp down and clamp down and clamp down and you emit an energy of anger or sadness or dismay or repression or whatever. And that the emission of that energy affects other people. Understand that. And some of you do on some level or another. You understand that what you feel gets out there. It's not just what you say. It's not just how you dress. It's what you feel. It gets out there and it affects other people. Therefore, it behooves you to make certain that you are happy as much of the time as possible. Therefore, it is necessary to consider what actually does make you happy. For some of you, you are your happiest when you are interacting with other entities. And so you have got to find ways to do that in this environment, in these restrictions. For some of you, what makes you happy is a brilliant meal. And now that your restaurants are serving again, you must grant yourself a brilliant meal at least once or twice a month because that makes you happy and that happiness touches others. When you go into your supermarket and you are distracted by you forgot your list or, or that attracts your attention and you know darn well that it's not something you should actually put in your shopping cart, but oh my goodness, it would be so wonderful. You've got to think about that and give yourself a chance to consider, well, should I? Will I make, be happy or will I be guilty? To take it that far in your consideration of how your mind is working, how it's affecting your body, because it affects your body, how you think and how you feel, and how that effect affects other people. Do you understand what we are talking about? Most of you have experienced this to some degree or another, um, and, um, and it is important because how you, how you normalize for yourselves is so important because it will also assist. You don't have to talk about it. You just have to be what it is that you are normalizing, that you are content, that you are happy, that you are excited even. That energy touches others and encourages others to do the same. Your thought focused on be happy, be productive, care about. Those thoughts that are focused on out there, go out there and touch other people. And you never have any idea what thought or energy you are experiencing is going to change somebody else's way of being. 
Do you understand what we are saying? Yes. Yeah. I, I have a question about that. All right. So I'm guessing that most people who have gathered today are empaths at some level, uh, are, are people who keenly feel the the rest of the world, including the, you know, the 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 pain that a lot of people are going through. So when you say to pay attention to your own happiness or your what 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 makes you happy, how is it that we and so the thought I, I have in my head is like, well, if I pay attention to just my own happiness, what's going to happen? I I need to at least care about the rest of the world. I can't I can't you know put my head in the there is absolutely there is absolutely nothing wrong with caring about the rest of the world. It does not equate, however, with putting your head in the sand when you don't, um, because it is called the uh, what do you call it the fallout say of your feeling of your emotion perhaps you could mute some of the other entities that are creating noises on their microphones until they are ready to speak um it, the fallout from your ex, your feeling your um desire your emotion is what will touch others. And there is absolutely nothing wrong if you are a person who cares about the other, uh, about others, who cares about what is going on in the world, genuinely, not because you think you have to or ought to care, but because you genuinely do. You can always take time in your day to sit in a meditative posture and send out the energy of hope, the energy of love, the energy of everything's going to be okay. To allow people to relax because the difficulties in various parts of the world that cause people to tense up causes doors to shut. That tension causes restriction and a closing down so that they no longer are even available to an alternate thought or the sensation of hope. Your willingness to sit with those emotions and genuinely and heartfeltedly, coining a phrase, send them out to the world you care about is going to help them. And any way that you choose to take some action to help others is always wondrous. But we must remind you that it always will begin with you. Everything you do out of joy is helpful and encouraging and productive. Everything you do out of fear is restrictive and condensing and shutting down. Do you understand? What do you mm -hmm. think? Does that help, your, help you in, in your uh, wanting to understand? Does that help you at all? Does anybody want to respond or, or ask a question about that? Or another question even. Another Quite question. all right. Because, because caring about the world is a very, very huge subject and action. And not very many people are strong enough to incorporate that level of caring into their everyday lives, which is why we encourage you to look to 
your own sense, your own emotion. It is an energy that is emitted out of you into the world that touches other people in ways that you possibly cannot even know. But you smile at somebody as you walk down the street or through your market and you lift them. You lighten their load. You cause them to smile back at you. And that in itself is an action that affects their well-being. So it doesn't have to be global. When it's personal, genuine and sincere and authentic, it touches the world. We guarantee it. Who else has a question? All satisfied? I have a question. I have another one. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> Carry on. So I understand what you're saying about how your own state of being affects other people, both positively and negatively. But I find it oftentimes difficult to turn off or to not absorb some of the Mm, negative or um, disturbed um, emotions of other people, right? It's, a, it's also a question of how do you create healthy emotional boundaries? And just to take one example, I mean, the last couple of weeks, all of the really difficult global things that have been happening in Afghanistan and um, some other places, Haiti, right? It's very hard to, to not be affected by the traumas that are going on in the world. And, and it's, I don't not want to be affected by them, but I think it also is not necessarily helpful to be traumatized myself as a response, right? That's not helping anybody. It is important to understand that part of your upbringing in this lifetime and past lifetimes has been about caring more about other people than yourself. Topic, the topic of selfishness and self-centeredness is a big deal in society and in religion. And <laughs> so people have confused and sort of meshed together compassion and the idea that they have to feel what the other feels in order to be an okay human being. And that is a complete misunderstanding of how it works. Look to your Buddhist uh, idea of detachment. Buddhists are some of the most caring, active taking people on the planet in terms of caring for and about others. But they do not ever, in their understanding of detachment, take on the emotion and the desperation and the desolation and the uh, misery of others because they would be sort of frozen in that, just as you get frozen in, what can I do? I have to do something. The key is to be compassionate, to feel for those who suffer, 
but not to take on the suffering. Because if you take on the suffering, you cannot be effective in helping in any way whatsoever. Does that make sense to you? Yes. And, and so you must protect yourself from taking on those that misery, basically, into yourself. It is rather like imbibing a poison. It's not going to serve them for you to die. And so don't drink the poison. But allow yourself to care, to be compassionate about those who are suffering. And wherever possible, in your thoughts and in your actions, do what you can to help those in need. What do you think? Anybody else want to respond or ask a question? I think a lot of the uh, English words sort of have um, screwed up things. And, Such as? Well, like thinking detachment possibly means, oh, you're cut off, you're being negative or... Yes. Like it's a very misunderstanding concept for centuries and it's still going on and buddhism's not even a religion but but all those religious terms of words there's been such misunderstanding of what actions you should be taking because and society is invested in making sure that your focus is on everybody else that's Society right. is invested in making sure that you don't care about yourself very much at all. That is why it's called selfish. And you're right. The term detachment is a difficult one to convey the concept of because it is absolutely opposite of what society over millennia has dictated to its people. So for all of you and people who are intent on evolving their, their consciousness, it is important to consider the meanings of these words and to understand the intent behind the word. So perhaps instead of using the word detachment, it is better to say, I'm not going to imbibe the emotion or the fear or the misery but I feel for the people who are feeling that and suffering that and I will do what I can in thought and deed to assist their condition and their predicament what do you think about that in thought and deed and uh, yeah and the deed right now you know you, you're not the warrior going out there with lots of money saving the day that the deed would be that you can send as you said that energetic yes uh hope i like the word hope a lot yes it's very um, important yeah i just uh and um love and you know even if you work you know when i walk by like even a homeless person i always send something to them even if i'm not actually dropping money i that's i'm doing i feel like i'm i'm just not like this i'm not detached i'm actually doing a deed you are sending an energy of hope yeah 
and caring. Yes. Unlike most people who send an energy of disgust and avoidance. So it is important, again we say, and always we say, to pay attention to your thoughts and your feelings and understand what is going on with you. And wherever possible, when you talk about uh, how do you protect from taking on the negativity of other people whose energies you pick up. And there are many people, as you call them empaths, who feel what other people feel. It is, it is a matter of degree. You don't want to cripple yourself by allowing yourself to be devastated by others' emotion. And so those of you and those you know who do become devastated by others' emotion, it is important that you surround yourself in a protective shell of white light all the time as soon as you step out your door. If you're going to watch the news, that you absolutely shroud yourself in white light in, in and it it comes over you sort of like a mist it, like you're walking in a London fog sort of thing uh, but it's white and brilliant and protective and allows you to see what is going on and be commiserating without taking on the emotion itself because that is not helpful it's not helpful to you and it certainly isn't helpful to them and it is important that you remind yourselves of that. Feel what you feel. Recognize what you are feeling. Give it the appropriate attention and reaction and response that you deem necessary in that moment. And then let it go. Let it go, let it go, let it go. And forgive yourselves for not being enough. You all suffer from that idea that you are not enough, that you are not doing enough. Then do more if you can. De determine what more you can do. But you yourselves, in yourselves, are enough. And you must allow yourselves to know the truth of that. So be it. So be it. Ariane? Or, no, I'm sorry, the guides, can I ask another question? Of course. So, I think that to some extent, if you are an empath, you have imbibed some poison somewhere along the way. Yes. You imbibe it. Um, you know, you've taken on some negative or, you know, energies that are not your own. Let, let me just put it that way. Indeed. Can you give a practice for us to be able to release some of those energies that are not ours. And also you mentioned a practice for moving through the world that allows one to have perhaps um, boundaries. So it is, um, so I guess I'm asking two things. One is how do you release other people's energies? Yes, and how do you protect yourself from taking on energies that actually are not helpful or beneficial to you? So the first is, of course, to actually give yourselves a, 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 
a visual of releasing the negativity. And this applies to your own negativity as well. And you see it as a black cloud and you see it coming up from the very essence of your being all the way down to at least the what they call the dantian in Chinese medicine, just below the navel. From that point, you see it rising up inside you as a black cloud and coming out your mouth and coming out the top of your head and dissipating. You don't just see it floating away as is. You see it once it's outside your body, dissipating. And you can do this practice if you give yourself a, a time to practice it. You ultimately will be able to do this instantly. You just see it come up and come out and dissipate so that it utterly becomes non-existent. That is how you alleviate yourself of negativity within you that you have imbibed, that you have allowed to yourself to take in. And then you do some thinking around the fact that it is not your job to take on other people's issues and problems, not to take them on as part of you, to hear them to address them, to help to find solutions for them, to contribute where, in whatever way and however you can to the alleviation of that stress and misery, but to remind yourselves constantly, and this is a new thought for a lot of people, it is not your job, it is not helpful, it is not expected for you to take on what it is other other people's misery, let's just put it that way, in order to be considered a valuable and okay human being, not your job. So what you do every day is you practice saying to yourself, first of all, I am okay as I am. Allow this to become a mantra that you chant throughout the day. I am okay as I am. And you say it often enough and repeat it often enough to where you start to actually feel the truth of it. It takes a lot of repetition to alter the mindset that says I'm not enough. You've got to say it over and over and over and over. I'm okay as I am. So be it. You get up in the morning, you look in the mirror and you say to the, vid the visage in the mirror, blessed be I and all that I am, so be it. And you begin these practices of allowing yourselves to know your divinity because divinity knows what to do all the time in every instance. And then you physically shroud yourself in white light when you go out and with the conscious intention of protecting yourself from taking on negativity from outside of yourself. So this is a lot that we are suggesting you do. This is not simple snap of a finger done deal. This takes practice. It takes focus. It takes intention. And we invite you begin to incorporate these practices with intention and focus into your daily life. And you will find your whole world transformed 
with the effects of it. Think about it. Dialogue it among yourselves. Bless you for your questions that bring about these sorts of answers. Let's do it again. But for now, think about what we have given you and dialogue it among yourselves and as you go about with other people in your world. And you will get a recording of, uh, of this if, if there is, if your emails are available so that you can listen again and remind yourselves exactly what to do and how to do it and practice this with intention and you will see your world will open up and be delightful and wondrous in many, many ways. So be it. Bless you. <laughs> Sorry. <sighs> okay. <laughs> How's everybody doing? Right. Uh, um, thank yeah, thank you. You're welcome. My pleasure. So uh, um, that was great. Thank you so much. There's a lot. Boy, there's a lot in that to think about. Um, if if anybody wants a copy, um, just email me and I'll be happy to send you an audio version. I think that's probably better than the, the video version, if that's okay with you. Less less room. And I, you know, as we were talking, I also um, uh, pulled a card from uh, Tosha Silver uh, has this great set of cards, Change Me Cards. And I thought it was quite interesting. And there's also one from, oh, what is her name? Uh, this is a sovereign oracle, and I thought this was interesting. So I'm just going to read you these on our on our theme. Um, so the one from Tosha Silver says, "I got presents," and it says, "Change me, divine beloved, into one who can completely enjoy the moment as it is. May I release all hurry, relaxing, and accepting the present." Let me be fully and happily in the new. Perfect. That, isn't that perfect, right? I think that speaks to a lot of the things that people said earlier about, you know, being in the moment, being present. And then from the, uh, well, let's see, from the Oracle, it's surrender. And this says, which I think is a goes along nicely with this, um, let go of changing things outside of your control. Hmm. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> uh, don't let the don't let the drive of your ego get in the way of true peace. Release the need to win. Wow, that's big. Yeah. Oh, that's a great statement. Release the need to win. <laughs> <laughs> That whole ego thing. One of, one of my uh, friends that I, I sent um, I sent out a, a note yesterday about this book that I'm writing, and I'm posting bits of it on my Facebook page and on my website as I write and uh, and revise. And um, my one of my friends wrote back uh, after he read it um, that. Getting that ego out of the way is the biggest job in the world. It's just, you know, but I always have to question, we have an ego. 
So there's purpose to it. And I think the purpose of the ego is keeping us safe and keeping us on track. And we just tend to go overboard uh, with a focus on the ego rather than focus on God, for instance, in my case. Um, I don't know. But yes, the ego is, is the big challenge of our lives, I think. <laughs> anybody else want to comment or say any any anything well you know i just actually i was, i don't it's just because i just had this really potent meditation i'm all fired up in <laughs> um i was just thinking about you know like so we need the ego to be who we are in this lifetime like for our job what we've decided to do how our mind's going to function you know so if you think about it like you're not the person over there in Afghanistan on the ground doing the rescue. So that is very egotistical for you to think that's your job. Right, right. Your job, this has just come to me. Like my job is probably has always been incredibly confusing to me as Ariane knows because it feels like, oh, it's not that spiritual. Right. Yeah. Right? Everything I'm is spiritual. Medicine. Right? So, but this is my job. This is the job that all my uh, skills set, all my lifetimes have brought me through to this skill set and aligned me up with and the guides have confirmed finally for me the perfect job there's no other job in the world that ticks all the boxes of my um, emotional uh, skill set and physical skill set like a judgment I don't know you know like mindset so that's what my job is. So if I show up in this day doing this very present and I'm vibrating out because I've done my morning practice, done my stuff, I'm sitting in a very high vibration now doing this job. That's going into that film that's going into all those people that are watching that film, changing them. So if you just look at your mindset of where you are, it's like being very present with yourself and being very accepting. I've arrived at this. This is me. I'm enough. Like they said, I'm enough. This is great. And said, if we're still wanting to do this, that's very ego. You're not capable. I'm not capable. I'm not capable of being a nurse. You know, I'm not capable of those things. I wasn't given them in this lifetime. So if you look at what you're capable and what you're great at and what you're bringing to the table is what you are here and supposed to do so if you be the best you can in that scenario 
and be happy. I mean, arriving at the happy is, is the thing when we get distracted by this or that. You're giving a lot to everyone. Because you're giving to that person around you, this person, as I said, you walk down the street. You know, if you're walking down the street thinking, oh, shit, I should be in Afghanistan, you're not very present. That's my right. little sermon for today. <laughs> can't hear you. We can't hear you. I didn't say anything. No, sorry. we can't hear. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, so we're at noon, and uh, so we're going to wrap this up. Does anybody want to say anything uh, before we go? I want to say that it was really fun having everybody present and participating, and um, this is a brand new experience, and so I think that it worked, and we will continue, I hope, to do yeah. it and bring bring people in to participate in this way. I think it's fabulous. Yeah. And so just to remind you, we'll be here, um, I'll be here next week at the same time, um, and next week, it's um, Samita Garg who talks about past, future, and in-between lives. Who's going to talk about and, creating the future. And <laughs> just remind everybody that the link that they used to get here today is the same link every that they'll time. be using to get every time. So hang on yeah. to it. And let me know if you want a copy. I will be happy to send it to you. And I'm just so grateful. Thank you all for showing up today. Thank it was you. so Thank lovely. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Love you all. This is The Shaman's Notebook, and I'm Suzanne Legrand. Each week, I bring you interviews with psychics and shamans, medical intuitives, and energy healers who are changing the way we see, feel, and heal. If you would like to join the free healing salon on Fridays, just click the link in the box below to join, or write me at SuzanneLegrand at SuzanneLegrand.com, and I will be happy to send you the link. For this month of September and the month of October, anyone who attends the Friday Salon will get a free personal energy healing from me. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and leave a comment. Thanks. <laughs>